This is The Mystic Tie, a podcast for Freemasons. I am your host, Brother Troy Sprue. I intend to curate an environment where brethren and other aspirants can discuss ideas in a civil and productive way. We will not be afraid to tackle controversial or difficult topics, but all discussions will be done in a respectful and understanding manner. With the forbearance exemplified by our ancient brethren, we will labor in the quarry together to prepare the stones of our thoughts and actions. All these prepared for the temple, not made with hands. A few weeks ago, I caught up with Right Worshipful Brother Wes Regan to record this brief sample episode. Wes and I talk a little bit about this project, Freemasonic culture, and some topics he would like to cover on his recurring visits. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Mystic Thai podcast, a podcast about Freemasonic culture. My name is Troy Sprue. I will be your regular host, and with me is my good friend and sometime feature guest, Right Worshipful Brother Wes Regan. Hello, listener. Today we're recording a test to see how this sounds. Uh, Our audio setup is a bit jury-rigged today, so we won't be recording a full episode. But just so you know, uh, this podcast will be uh, about Freemasons, by Freemasons. I know that's prosaic, but I think uh, a podcast about Freemasonic culture kind of covers it. Uh, Wes, are you uh, are you going to be regularly featured on this uh, program? Troy, I am happy to show up whenever called on. Um, I love the idea of a podcast on Freemasonic culture because I think, um, and note this is no slight to Masonic podcasters around the world whom we love and have engaged with at different events, but I think sometimes we get high on our own supply when it comes to Masonic discourse, we talk a lot about ritual. We talk a lot about, um, you know, very inside baseball sort of stuff in the craft. And I like how you're, you're zooming out, out a little bit more and thinking about the, the broader issues in Freemasonry, uh, where we fit in today's society and, and some of the sticky issues that I think sometimes we dance around and we don't really, you know, um, discuss them head on and really get into it. Um, and I'm sure we'll have some discussions too about history and and and, and ritual and, and and other things. But this this idea of ma- Freemasonic culture and taking a bit of a, a broader lens to me is is pretty exciting. Yeah, thanks for that. And uh, both you and I have appeared on a number of other shows, and it's good to have my own channel now. And we'll be um, doing a lot of free form, long form interviews of influential uh, Masonic members and leaders and. A number of people outside of the craft who have an interest inside of uh, Freemasonry. And uh, I'm super excited to get started with this project. Uh, and I, I thank you for being my first and, and probably will be my first recurring guest. I'm happy to be your Andy Richter. Excellent. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you can contact uh, the show uh, at our website, The Mystic Tie. That's uh, T-H-E, of course, M-Y-S-T-I-C-T-Y-E.com. That's themystictie.com on the internet. 
Uh, we'll have an email address and some other contact information there. If you want to give us feedback on the show, uh, you could also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, please, if there's guests you'd like to hear from or topics you'd like to hear us cover or anything even you just want my opinion on, you want to ask me a question, feel free to, to go to those locations and uh, put your question in the form or uh, fire it off to me in an email or even reach out to me on my cell phone. Uh, feel free to 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 call or write and we'll get back to you as soon as we can so troy when you say freemasonic culture what do you mean well i don't just mean freemasonry uh although most of it would be freemasonry for freemasons by members that uh, that are actual freemasons but there's a number of I would say small f Freemasonic uh, organizations around the world that we might not consider regular, mm. uh, but I'd like to talk to them and get their uh, differing opinions on uh, their type of work. Uh, we've also uh, had some discussions with some women who are Freemasons, and I'd like to get uh, them involved uh, in discussions on the podcast as well. Uh, bear in mind, this isn't about um, uh, hosting non-Freemasons at a Freemasons Lodge. That's not what it's about. This is about discussing the issues that occur uh, to Freemasons and and people involved in the craft and even the wider world around the craft. You know what I find interesting about that? Um, well, many things. But one of the things I find interesting about that is that much of the outside world um, who, are, who are not in a Masonic Lodge, and, and frankly, I think even a lot of... of men who are members of Masonic lodges are not really aware of the distinction between regular and irregular or the, say the Anglo-American, you know, uh, tradition of Freemasonry versus continental Freemasonry, or that there's even women's Freemasonry, you know, or co-Masonry, liberal Masonry, and you know, all these different um, things that are, um, you know, for, for the lodges that you and I visit and are members of, we're not a part of that you know, that that's considered irregular or clandestine or whatever else. But I think that in terms of our image in today's world, that's irrelevant because no one else cares. You know, all, all the conspiracy theories and anti-Masonic stuff, they'll they'll cite something that happened from a, a continental Masonic lodge in France or Germany or Italy or wherever, and they'll pin that on Freemasonry writ large, right? Um, and so th the world at large outside of the lodge, I don't think... Um, is aware of those distinctions and really cares all that much about them, frankly. So the fact that we're, the fact that we are even um, willing to talk about those things helps to clarify a difference between regular and irregular Freemasonry, but also at the same time, acknowledge that there's that entire other world that sometimes people will um, get confused with. Well, of course. And the distinction only matters to those of us who are involved. But it's but it's important, though, when someone looks at, at what an irregular lodge or a clandestine lodge has done in, say, a European country and then says, oh, look at that. That's Freemasonry. So the lodge in your town in British Columbia, that's those guys, you know, P2 Lodge in Italy or whoever it might be. So I think making the distinction and, and not as regular Masons, not ignoring or saying this doesn't this doesn't exist. That's not really Freemasonry. Those distinctions don't matter to the rest of the world. Uh, granted. But uh, I'll also remind you that that even within our own ranks, we've had enough controversial behavior, um, public behavior by members of the craft in good standing that would be recognized as regular Masons. And so I, I think it's a, for many of 
those who would uh, uh, oppose the craft for their own reasons, uh, they're not going to care about any distinction like that. Uh, and they're not interested in facts most of the time anyway. Uh, but don't cloud the issue with facts. Don't let uh, facts get in the way of a good story. Uh, but for those who are open-minded enough to hear what we have to say, uh, this this project will attempt to to tackle some of those uh, bigger issues, wider issue, wider issues, perception issues, and and some of the stickier, you know, uh, uh, why aren't you letting women in your lodges? This sort of thing uh, that that uh, somebody who doesn't know anything about us would have a legitimate reason to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. So what about regular Freemasonry and Freemasonic culture in that context? What, what do you, what do you think is in scope and out of scope? Well, that for the vast majority of the content I intend to produce, it's just going to be interviews with, with um, members of regular lodges or people who study the work that we do or, or people who have studied uh, the historical impact of the craft um, from a sort of an academic perspective uh, there there may be other valid people to to interview as well you know i'd welcome uh an anti-mason to come on and and tell us why they feel the way they feel uh you know as long as they're willing to have a rational and fact-based discussion on it which again it would be tough to find an anti-mason who might meet those criteria but if there is one i'd welcome them to sit across the table for me and have a discussion about it uh Really, the, the the much of what I want to cover is about the aspirants' experiences, uh, not just of the initiations themselves, but in the in, in their experience in attending lodges and getting involved in uh, the Freemasonic subculture. And th- there is so many great stories that I think uh, many people just never hear because we're we are quite secretive and. You know, due to some uh, uh, political pressure and 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 uh, difficulty in the wider world, uh, there's been pressure lately for us to to maybe be more secretive. This this is a vehicle to maybe shed some light in areas that many people will never get a chance to discuss or learn about. Well, do you have a question for me before we wrap up? It, yeah, uh, you've published some papers recently. Uh, you want to tell us about perhaps the one that was published in. Um, in the California Lodge of Education and Research about the Masonic building in New Westminster, local to us here. Yeah, actually, I think um, you and I have talked about having a segment, a recurring segment with me on the show. Um, I, I want to call it Perfect Points with, with Wes Regan. Uh, that's a Masonic joke, I guess. Um, but uh, I have three articles that are, are coming out in succession. One of them is has come out already in the journal of the masonic society one of them in california freemason magazine and in the new year uh, i'll have an article in in philalethes coming out and all of them are exploring different aspects around masonic buildings um and a number of years ago um i i did a survey for grand lodge you know looking at the different types of buildings in bc and yukon this almost 10 years ago no probably um and looking at their different revenue models and and what sort of agreements they had um you know with tenants and and uh, how they generated revenue and i've sort of revisited that recently thinking about um the redevelopment process here at the vancouver masonic center which we're recording in here right now uh and you of course with duke of Connaught, um meet in uh, freemasons hall in new westminster and so um, very worshipful Jack Barr um, and I um, put together a, an, an article that's in California Freemason magazine uh, and one in um, 
Journal of the Masonic Society that talks a little bit about the challenges that different types of buildings have. So in one of the future episodes, maybe we can get a bit more into that. Uh, and the the um, article in Philalethes is actually about attacks on Masonic buildings. And of course, for brethren in, uh, in Vancouver here, um, North Vancouver and Vancouver, we saw three buildings attacked, you know, a few years ago. And that's kind of what inspired me to do some research looking into um, different types of attacks and how many attacks have occurred in North America over the past three or so years, you know. Uh, and that that one is, um, I think, coming out in about January or so in Philalethes. And that's got some pretty interesting findings from grand secretaries uh, and other representatives of, of grand lodges. Over um, two dozen grand lodges in North America responded to my survey that I sent out uh, and talked about all sorts of things from um, the types of attacks, the frequency of attacks, um, motives when they were known, what they were doing to make buildings safe and how they were responding to the issue. Uh, and for my own interest too, wondering how much of it was, you know, inspired by conspiracy theory thinking or anti-masonry and whatnot. Um, so I got some other input on that. Um, so happy to talk a bit more about that as it gets closer to that article coming out in Philalethes. Uh, but yeah, those are the three uh, three articles of mine that are coming out soon or have come out already. Excellent, Wes. Well, I appreciate you coming to participate today. And uh, our listeners will definitely be hearing more from you and a lot more from me. Uh, but for now, we're going to sign off on this first episode of Mystic Tie. Thank you for tuning in please visit our website at mystictie.com. And while there, make sure to sign up for our newsletter. A special thanks to Mocha Only for our opening and closing music. Until next time, travel light.